less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Deep dive. What's up, Martin? Hey, man. It's raining today. So uh, instead of 90 degree heat, we've got 90% humidity and 90 degree heat. Yeah, I hate when the windshield fogs up when you're driving. I come to my office and the windshields on the outside of my office are fogged up. So I think that says something about the glass, but also it says something about the temperature. Keep it cold in your office. Yes. 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 Well, I run hot a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, we're getting into it. Uh, Going straight into it. We've, We've finally reached the fourth area of business. Um, go ahead and give us again, the four areas, um, of business, four areas of business. Everybody has to deal with her guiding the business leadership, getting the business, which is marketing and sales, doing the business, which is, uh, doing whatever it is you do for contractors. That's doing the contract work and administration, uh, administering the business is everything else. And as I said in the first episode, administration. This is, is the one that everybody just loves to do. This is why right. they get in business, right? Right. Yeah. This is this, these are the things that nobody ever even heard of when they started business, and then they get ambushed. When what? And I got to do what? I got to pay who? Who's it's calling? It's an ambush of joy, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I know that most people really enjoy it because it expands their horizons, and they get to spend their spare time uh, sitting in their office and studying these things. Oh, and gosh. so, you know, the, the, the joy of learning these and I mean, the consequences honestly, of not learning. The, the, these are the administration side. Um, the best way that I can describe it, you know, how there's, you know, there's people that from the outside, you're like, man, they've got it figured out. Right. Like they just know it. And then you're like, I, why can't I do that? Or whatever it is. In business, it's the administration side. Like, man, they've got that figured out and I just can't, I don't know what I'm doing and I suck and I'm a failure and I can't do this stuff. This you is know, the area that gets me that, and that I think is, everybody else. That is a really good point. I think marketing and sales can get them that way too, but at least they've heard of those things. Now, you're, I think that's a really, really good point is uh, a lot of people, uh, in my experience, is been a lot of people are walking around wondering why all the other businesses in the world are doing so well while they're <laughs> suffering. And I tell them that the only reason you think that is because you haven't stopped in and talked to them. Exactly. And, and this is usually the biggest area, this administrative stuff. Um, I had a couple of clients in the last two weeks and it just came up um, speaking before 34 employees of, of one of my clients. And I said, guys, they were all guys. It takes more to do the administration and the other two, the, in the leadership and the marketing, but particularly the administration will consume more of your time and effort than doing whatever it is you actually do. Yeah. And, and that's just true. Uh, if you were really, really good at it and did some of the things that we'll talk about as we go along, you unload yourself from the burden and that might not be true, but to yeah. begin with, it takes more of your time and effort and concentration and worry and money than doing whatever it is you do. Yeah, I think at, for any contractor out there that's listening that is confused by administration, know that you're not alone. Like you can't do this on your own. Uh, and if you are doing it on your own, you're probably not taking care of your the other aspects of your business right. that you're actually probably really good at. Or hopefully you've hired somebody to do, do those other things. But like this is one of the most complex areas that I've experienced in my life and it's everything that people are scared of, but it's not something that you need to be scared of. Like you don't need to become an expert at administration. You just need to kind of understand how it works and then find people you trust to really help you in these areas. And matter Uh, matter of fact, just expanding that just a little bit, but you shouldn't do these things. Uh, Why is that? Well, uh, people get, it's very hard to become a CPA. It's a long, arduous process, <laughs> a lot of testing. And the chances that you on your spare time are going to be as good as a CPA or a trained bookkeeper is ridiculous. You are right. not going to understand insurance, workers' mm-hmm. comp liability, business uh, interruption insurance, all the different kinds of insurance. For example, I had it come up recently that 
if employees drive your their own cars on your behalf, that's a special kind of insurance that you need. You're just not going to know what an insurance professional is going to know. Right. Uh, you're not going to know about your contracts what a lawyer is going to know. Like nope. our Eric, we'll have a, an interview with Eric Daffron, a construction and contractor law expert. You, you, you just can't do it. And so at the very best, you're settling for a uh, poor substitute. And at the worst, you're just ignoring all these factors and letting them drag you down. So it, yeah. you shouldn't do it. You should do what you're really good at and get a team of advisors and mentors. Matter of fact, we have a short episode coming up on that with a list of the advisors and mentors yeah. that you need to have. Some of them are outside this realm, but a lot of them are in the realm of administration. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it's a, it's it falls in line with Strength Finders. If you haven't read that book, honestly, Strength Finders is one of those books that you can really just summarize on an index card where it's like, <laughs> stick to what you're good at. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, you're going to have weaknesses. Everyone does. And that's okay. And don't try to improve your weaknesses. Just focus on what you're good at right. and find right. somebody like let people do what you're weak at for you. Right. That's really the sum of it. So you don't need to go and read it. If you're interested in it, go for it. But um, Strengths Finders is a, is a really good concept that too many people think, oh, I'm weak in this. I need to go learn how to do that. Especially the business owner, the contractor that's like, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to grind. I'm going to do it all myself. I can, I can do that. I can you know, handle all this on my own. You're only going to stress yourself out. You're only going to wear yourself down. You're only going to keep yourself from growing. Um, so, you know, when you stick to your strengths, we'll, we'll get to our story here in just a second, but I'm glad you brought that up too, because I think there are three reasons I encounter that people don't get experts to help them in these fields. The first is they're unaware of the fields. So I, I didn't know I needed a, I mean, I didn't know I needed a CPA because I thought all you did was pay taxes. And so they're not aware of what right. they need. Uh, the second reason is pride. Uh, I can do it. Damn it. I'm the boss. Mm -hmm. I've done everything. I've always run this joint so I can do that too. So you're going to quit being a contractor for uh, six years while you go back and get your accounting degree and pass the CPA exam. <laughs> That's not going to happen. And the third reason is cost. Well, I really can't afford to have a CPA or I really can't afford to get a bookkeeper. I really can't afford to get acquainted with a banker because I don't need one. You can't so afford those, not the, to. Yeah. And that, Khalil, my, my aunt had a statement. She said, where there's a cliche, there's a reason. Okay. <laughs> well, to say you can't afford not to, people hear that all the time, but it's true. And the reason we hear it all the time is you cannot afford not to. And something that just happened recently, like within the last week, uh, I had a client who was ineligible to get some EIDL, these uh, COVID yeah. disaster funds, because she had bad books and they couldn't provide the information they needed. So it cost her a bunch. I'm sure. I'm sure so many contractors are dealing with that, and with they dealt with it with PPP, with EIDL, yeah. and you know, just getting a bank loan. Just want to go get an operating loan. Yeah, let me see I mean, your books. Like I, what? I'm not saying that I'm amazing on the admin side. I, I try, I try to find trusted people that can help. And I, I think I do a decent job, but whenever it came to the EIDL and the PPP stuff, it was literally just a couple of clicks to generate the reports right. and then send it off. Right. Um, and I worked with one, I know that there were a lot of different methods used by banks because it was very vague on what was required, but I know that the bank that I did mine through was very, very, um, they did their due diligence. Let's just say that. I mean, you you couldn't. I know for some people, they just send in a spreadsheet of their expenses and got money. <laughs> but with my, the bank that I worked with, it was, hey, we need you know several several different forms and reports, and you needed to show proof right. of everything. And um, if I hadn't had found a trusted advisor that you know did does the bookkeeping for me, meets with me quarterly to go over our our financial statements. Um, and if I'm not looking at those things on a regular basis, that's not going to happen. Right. So I, I think, you know, you've got a, you've got a really good story. I mean, you, you've got so many, but <laughs> tell us about the contractors. And I know there's several of them, but just give us one case of someone that, you know, on the admin side, just didn't have it right. Right. Well, there's, you're right. There are so many and there's so many, um, different areas of admin that you might have part of them right and a lot of them not right. But 
there's a particular guy I'm thinking of. I've worked with him about two years, maybe a little more than that. But when we first met, he was just desperate. I mean, good, good people, good at what he did, good at the doing the business right. part, but uh, never had any money. Uh, always figured out, you know, when, when the supplier sent him an invoice for way more than he thought, he went and looked and said, oh, we got to build some more. We can invoice some more work that we didn't invoice yet. So yeah. he invoiced that and he'd always be enough to pay it. And then it started not being enough. And there were reasons for that. He had, uh, well, I don't need to go into why, but he had used cash for different things. And yeah. then he really hit the wall where he owed uh, mid six figures uh, to people and really didn't have any money and didn't really have any uh, assets, you know, no, not a lot of inventory and no cash to pay the bills. And he walked in and I thanked these people and one of his suppliers who liked this guy. And they said, well, you need to go talk to this guy and handed him my card. So when we met, they, they didn't know anything. Uh, and, and I'll kind of talk about the bookkeeping side of it and how we use them. That's just a part of admin, but it's going to be a big part of today. But they didn't know their costs. Uh, they didn't know their margins. They didn't know if they were making money or not. Mm. They didn't know what they owed to people. They didn't know what people owed them. Uh, they had invoices that were just missing. They forgot to pay some bills and were constantly surprised. So... Uh, it was really one of those things where they were stressed out all the time, working really hard, but didn't have any idea of where they stood. And therefore, they didn't have any idea of what to do to get out of the hole. Because no matter what you do, if you want to improve, you got to have a starting point. You got to drive a stake mm -hmm. so that you can tell this is where I am and I'm going to get better. If you don't do that, you're just going to be wandering around in a ship with no rudder and no keel, just whichever way the wind blows. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the reality is, especially in today's day and age, I was just listening to uh, a podcast by Gary Vaynerchuk, um, mm -hmm. and he's a really inspiring guy. But Gary V. Gary V. You know, the entrepreneur, like the entrepreneur dream and facade, I guess is the probably the right word of like oh, it's cool to be an entrepreneur and you become entitled and you become, um, you know, this higher status if you own your own business. Like that can be true. But I mean, Martin, you know, I know a lot of business owners, you know, even more. How many of them are not stressed out and are <laughs> like really cool and like feel feel great all the time and amazing and the reality is like they become this entrepreneur, but then they have all these areas in the admin side and not uh, let alone all the other sides, but even just the admin side. And they don't think about it. They get into that situation of like the contractor you just said, they don't realize that they have to think about margins, that they have to think about their books, that they've got to think about billing and invoices and, you know, receivables and payables and all these different things. Um, it's just, be if I know there's people out there that aren't business owners that are listening to this podcast. And before you go and you say, Oh, I'm going to go start this business. I can do this on my own. That may be true, but do you really want to? And that's, it's, that's and what it's, you've got it's to find not out. true. You <laughs> you might survive uh, by yourself, but you're not going to, you're not going to thrive. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I can't think of a single example in 46 years of anybody who, did it by themselves. Um, yeah. You, I mean, you, it's like, it's like saying, it's like saying like, Hey, I'm going to throw you out in the wilderness. You're going to live by yourself. Right. Like, we, we wouldn't be able to do what we do every day as well, in, the old, quote unquote, the old saying, you can't make the, you can't make any, If you reach in your pocket and pull it out, there's a knife there maybe. And, uh, some change and some dollar bills and a car. You can't make anything in your pockets <laughs> by yourself. And you can't make the pockets. Right. It's you, true. You do not do anything in today's world by yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You, you just don't. And if you do, uh, if you think you do, uh, one of two things, you're ignorant or arrogant, or maybe both, because a lot of times arrogance is a synonym for ignorance. But no, you, you've got to have help with these things. Yeah. And the sooner you realize it, it costs a lot less to have a good bookkeeper or accountant set your books up when you begin business than it does to straighten your books out after you've been in business for two years. Let me tell you from personal experience right. and abundant experience with my clients, if you, but 
a lot of listeners are already two or five or 10 years in. So that's mm-hmm. where you are. That's where you got to start. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, for the people who haven't started yet. Uh, oh, and by the way, too, it is cool to be an entrepreneur. It is cool. Uh, it's it cool, is but- cool. But the entitled part is you're entitled to pay taxes whether you have money or not. You're entitled to pay your employees before you pay yourself. You're yep. entitled to pay your banker and your credit cards and your vendors before you pay yourself. So there's a great deal of entitlement. It's just not necessarily what people thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's dive in. Let's dive into um, administration. Okay. What is administration? It's a lot of things, you know, you can throw almost anything that's not related to sales and marketing and just the production that you do in your business. Um, it probably falls under administration. So right. cash flow, billing, payables, receivables, bookkeeping, hiring, firing, legal, uh, contracts, HR, payroll, taxes, insurance, software, IT, you know, right. all these different things. Regulatory issues for contractors, oh, gosh. OSHA and, and the codes that you have to deal with. That's, it's a little bit under production, but you've got to have that where you can train people and they come on board to know how you do it. It, it almost, as a business owner, this is what feels like it's, it's almost undefinable. Uh, just because there are so many things like it is definable, but it just feels infinite. It always feels like there's something coming up that you weren't aware of that you've got to take care of. Right. Um, so yeah, that's why you can't do all these things is because there's so many of them. Um, so, you know, as a business coach, Martin, what, what do you usually start with whenever you're going into the administration side of helping a contractor or helping a business owner? What is it that you're diving into? Well, usually I want to see their books. Uh, The first thing, reason I want to see their books is to see if they have books. And second, to see what what they're telling them. Uh, And the books, meaning your bookkeeping books, your financial records, come in a lot of different flavors. Uh, There are some that just basically are bank statements where you record information. There are others that are done properly, which we're not going to go into the details of it. Now we'll do that in future episodes, but books is, is where we start books, tell you the score. Uh, so looking Mm -hmm. backwards, they enable you to pay your taxes and see how well you did and tell you if you actually made money and maybe where your cat, not, not maybe, but if they're proper books, tell you where your cash is tied up. Uh, and books also we use to look forward to make decisions about the future. And we'll have episodes on that, but books are from the manager's standpoint are most interesting because we're looking to the future. So you, you have to know what the score is. You have to know how it's kept. And if you don't like what the score is, you have to know what to do about it. So yeah. that's always the place I, I start uh, because I, I have to know what's going on. Uh, right. make, are they doing really well? Are they suffering? Uh, are they wasting cash? Are they losing bids or losing money on all their jobs? What is it? And without bookkeeping information, all I have is how that the individual I'm talking to feels that day. Right. And if it's a real pretty spring day and you're a contractor and somebody just paid you a deposit, you feel really good. If it's a winter day and the guys aren't working or a truck got in an accident or something like that, you feel really bad. And so the subjective of how you feel at any given time isn't good enough. We need information, information. as objective as it can possibly be right. to tell how we did and how we're doing and what we need to do in the future. So I started, well, I, I think, you know, as we go, as you think about it, like with the four areas of business, as, as far as guiding the business, that leadership role, we're always, we're thinking about vision. We're thinking about values. That's how we're keeping score there. As you go down into customers, I always say you're looking at, you know, your CRM, but also just revenue in general. Right. Um, are you making sales and are you staying organized in your CRM? Then if you you move into production, we talked about this in the last episode, but systems is how you're staying organized. That's what how you're really keeping score there. Right. You move over to administration, it's the books. Right. Like, and, books, so and books inform all the three other areas. Oh, you, absolutely. You can't manage absolutely. your people or incentivize people or hold them accountable or give them goals or targets without books. Uh, you have to know customer acquisition costs, what it costs you to market, how much a customer's worth when you get one. And that information comes from books. Uh, in, in the production part, you have to know what your variable costs are to know if you have a gross profit on a job and how much you have to sell to break even. So 
the administrative part of bookkeeping informs every other part of the business. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's what the issue is for a lot of contractors. And I've been in this place myself as a business owner, but it's, you started on a gut feeling. You, you usually you didn't start your business based on, Oh, I looked at the numbers and I ran the calculations and it looks like I'm, you know, you've got a pro forma for three years. If you did it that way as a contractor, you're probably rare. Um, but you're usually going, I think I could do that. And you take this leap of faith right? and you start going. And from there on out, everything is a gut decision. Are we going to do marketing? It's a gut feeling. Are, are we going to hire? It's a gut feeling. Yeah. You may look at the bank. Do we have the money? Okay. It's there. That and you're day, going off of a gut that feeling. Day, because that you day. Because exactly. you have a payroll tax deposit due. Oh yeah. You know. Right. And so you go off that gut feeling but that can only get you so far. And if you if you're trying to grow a business on a gut feeling, you're setting yourself up for disaster and for stress and for headache and heartache. I mean, it's it's really not going the right way. And so you have to make that transition. And I think that's what's going to be most valuable here. You know, let's give let's give contractors an idea of the things that they need to know. Okay. But then let's talk about how we can slowly move from that gut feeling into where they are at that place where they know, they, they know from their books, right. they know from that they're organized. So what are the, what are, what's the ultimate vision? What are the things that contractors need to know? Well, it, um, basically the rearward looking things are, um, they have to understand their financial statements. And there are three of those. There's a profit and loss statement, income statement, which everybody knows about. There's a balance sheet, which, uh, everybody's heard of some people actually have good knowledge of, but, um, there's the balance sheet. That's the second financial statement. And the third one is the statement of cash flows. I've never been met a business owner. I I think this is true. If, if, if I'm wrong, it's one guy somewhere, but had he ever even heard of a statement of cash flows, let alone knew how to use one. And I'll admit they're a little uh, complicated or not intuitive when you first look at them. Once you understand them, they're really easy. But those three financial statements uh, tell you first, the income statement tells you what your sales are and what your expenses are. And if you made a profit, that's really good to know. Now they can tell you a whole lot more than that. Uh, The the, uh, balance sheet tells you what you own, what you owe, and what's left over. And what you own includes the right to collect money from somebody who bought something from you and hadn't paid yet. So... Second thing, um, the, the statement of cash flow flows. Well, hold on. Shows, I'm going yeah. to back us up because okay. we're moving really quick through this. And I know that yeah. for these well, con- for contracts, this is easy. I no. mean, you're doing a great job and I'm following you, but I know that there's guys that are like, hold on, what the heck did Martin just say? Okay. So let's go back. You said profit and loss. Everyone knows what that is. Let's act like we don't know what that is. Okay. Well, the reason let's- I say that is... Uh, that's a good point. And stop me because, uh, I kind of like to talk about this and I, and I can wander off. Yeah. But, you wrote a book on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one of Literally. my Rushmore's today. But, uh, <clears throat> the reason I say that is I haven't ever really come across anybody, any business owner and really people outside the business owner that don't have an intuitive instinct to compare income to expense sales, the money coming in to money going out and see right. if there's anything left over. Yeah, because so you do that. I mean, that's what you do with your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> you see what's in there. Yeah. You see what you're spending. Yeah. And there are a number of subtleties to that. It's it's not nearly that simple because what gets counted as income coming in, what count, gets counted as money going out as expense. Uh, you know, there's some rules around that kind of stuff. So it's right. Not, but I've never met anybody who didn't have that instinct. Either they do it on a napkin in a, in a bar, you know, hey, I, if I can make them. I don't remember what it was I saw the other day. Oh, growing marijuana hemp in Oklahoma. It's a million dollars. That's a new law that passed here. It's okay to do that. A million dollars an acre. That's that's the number everybody's telling me. It's a million dollars <laughs> an acre. Oh, okay. <laughs> got any oh, cost okay. against that? No, I guess got to put it. I mean, they're not stupid. but No, but I figured if I pay so much for plant, man, I'm going to make $800,000 an acre. Yeah, well. Maybe not, but anyway, they're attempting in their minds right to do a to create a profit loss statement. Okay, right. now it may be wildly off, and I assure you that it is, or what my example is. 
But uh, so that's why I say that's the first. Well, l- let me jump back and maybe this clarifies. There are three financial statements, the income statement, the balance sheet, the statement of cash flow. Right. And combined, they answer five questions. Okay. First is, am I making money? Am I okay. selling things for more than they cost? Am I making money? The okay. second one is, what do I own? What The third is, what do I owe? The okay. fourth is, what's left over for me? In other words, I subtract what I owe from what I own. So what's left over for me? And then where did my cash go? Those are the five fundamental questions that everybody has to know. And that's to begin with. And you can answer those questions with with the financial stimulus. The income statement answers, am I making money? The balance Mm -hmm. sheet answers, what do I own? What do I owe? And what's left over? And the statement of cash flows answers the question, where did my cash go? So thank you you for causing me to slow backing you up. Okay. So we've talked about profit and loss. Let's go back. So we have, uh, the, the income statement, right? Right. So, which is the same thing as a profit and loss. Correct. PL income statement. Right. Same thing. Same thing. Where can we find that? We can find that in QuickBooks. If we're using QuickBooks, which I hope you are right. right? That's where you're going to have to do that. Right. Right. Well, you, you find it if you make one, they don't just happen. Exactly. So that's what I want to get at. <laughs> okay. A substitute for a lot of people is a bank statement. I mean, yep. literally a lot of people, a lot of businesses use their bank statement. How much money did I deposit and how much money did I, I take out? And if yep. I deposited more than I took out, I made money. Yep. That isn't even close to being accurate. And why not? Because your timing of when you deposited versus the timing of when you spent money mm-hmm. to earn that deposit could be different months and not show on the same statement. That's that's one reason. Right. Some of the things you spend money on are not legitimate expenses. I mean, uh, and I don't mean legitimate like uh, like an ambulance going by, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, if you buy a truck, that's not an expense, Okay. If you take a draw out to pay your taxes for most small businesses, some of this is not true, but most small businesses, that's not an expense. That's that's a share of profits. So there are a lot of other reasons. Another reason is you might have had a million dollar sale, done the job, spent all the money it took to do the job, and your customer hasn't paid you yet. So it doesn't show up in deposits. So a bank statement indicates a bank balance, but it really... And that is quasi useful. I mean, if you're going to write a check that day or run your debit card, nice to know, but it's really only quasi useful because that money that you have in the bank may already be committed. And mm-hmm. you might've even written a check and it'd be an outstanding check. Fewer and fewer checks written nowadays, but, uh, or you may not have received you. You don't know all the things I just said, whether there's money that you haven't received yet, or there's expenses money that you, that you owe. Paid yet. Right. And and that's, and that's what I was trying to get at. Like right. the only way that you're going to have, um, your income statement is, and be able to look at it properly is if you're actually categorizing transactions, Correct. if you're actually doing bookkeeping. And so it's, and that's what I, I don't want to make it really complicated for people, but every single, uh, invoice, every single bill that you sent out for billing and every single expense that's coming in. You need to make sure that you're categorizing it. I'm right. just trying to make it really simple. It's a, it's a, it can get more complicated than that, but just categorize it, label it. That's bookkeeping. And unless you just really are in the first months of starting up a business, sure, it shouldn't even be you doing that. Exactly. Now, one of the th- first things to do is get a good bookkeeper, and, and I'm going to plug it, uh, but and also read my book because. People keep books and it gives them bad information too. You have to keep books the right way. Right. And just right. because you're a CPA or a bookkeeper doesn't mean you know that. Mm-hmm. A CPA knows how to keep books to pay taxes, which is good, but we're interested in management. And we'll talk a lot about that in future episodes. Yeah. So really, really good point. You okay. have to categorize and keep track of things. You got to have, that's, all, that's really all I wanted to get at for, for, for this. And it, it applies to all of them. Right. But yeah. really important and it's going to help you to make better decisions if you have done the categorization, the bookkeeping, and we'll talk about that right. in more depth here in a second. So we've we've covered the income statement, right? Mm-hmm. Now balance sheet. Okay. What is a balance sheet? Balance sheet. Um, 
is uh, a list. Okay, stated most simply, it's a list of the things you own and the things you owe. And at the bottom, it subtracts the two to get what's called equity or what's left over for you. Uh, the list. So of let's the- go through some examples really quick before we move okay. on. So you said it's a list of what we own. What right. would be some examples? Okay, you own cash in the bank. And let, let me just use the word because everybody's heard it. But things that you own are called assets. Okay. Right. So cash in the bank is an asset. It's intangible. You can't touch it, but it's an but it, it's an asset. Accounts receivable is something you own. You own the right to collect money from a customer. Right. right. Uh, inventory is something you own it's sitting out in the back of the shop. Right. And you're running yep. over it and driving, you know, pickups are hitting there. It's underneath the boxes on the truck and you forgot you bought it last two months ago. But inventory is something you own. Uh, you also own trucks, equipment, tools, yep. uh, machines, machines. You, you might also own some real estate and land. So those things on a balance sheet show up first. And they are things that you own and you total them up. And this is where, and this is good, but this is also where people, (laughs) that question you always ask, and I know we're going to get to it, but they say, I make money. So why don't I have any? Right. Because they have the receivables there because they have inventory there. The balance sheet's going to show, oh, you've got these assets. You've got, you know, you made money last year, but in reality, you you have the cash. Right. You don't have and that's money. where we get to the next one. But I just wanted to kind of bring that up a little bit so that people realize, oh, wow, yeah, that contract for $100,000 that they owe me and we just need to finish the job. We haven't seen it yet. That's going to show that like you've made money there right. on the balance sheet. Right. So well, just, on the p and it'll show you made money, but you don't have cash because it's receivable on the balance sheet. Correct. Correct. Right. And the other so, one is that 10% retainage due from a job you finished two years ago. Mm, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's been yep. in your profit and loss for a long time and you haven't seen the money. Exactly. So that's just how people run into the issues of like, man, why don't I have any money in the bank? Like my books say that I do. Right. My, or my books say that I should have money, but they are not looking at the last one, the statement of cash flows, which we're right. going to talk about. So, okay. So we talked about what we own. Now we talk about what we owe. Right. What you owe other people, like assets is the official name for things that you own. Right. Uh, the official name for things that you owe is liabilities. Okay? Right. Uh, you're liable for that. They include most on uh, most companies uh, accounts payable money, things that you charge right. from your suppliers and you haven't paid them yet. You owe them that money. Credit cards. Okay. Mm. Uh, equipment loans. Mm-hmm. A long uh, bank uh, line of credit that you have. Right. Uh, sometimes your balance sheet will show that you owe the government you know, $40,000 for payroll taxes. And it shows as a liability because you owe somebody. So liabilities are something that the business owes to non-owners. Yeah. Okay. Outsiders. Yep. So that, so I know that that's always, I remember whenever I was in accounting, I was always in in college, um, always confused between assets and liabilities, all these terms. But I love that you make it simple. What you own, what you owe, and then let's go to now the third part. And the third part is equity, uh, yep. which which means your share, net worth. Your net equity is your net worth. And it says, if I collected all my receivables and, and sold all my inventory and, got, and liquidated, meaning made cash out of all my assets and then paid all my obligations, how much would I have left over? Okay. Yep. And we won't go into it a whole lot right now, but... Um, well, we won't even go into it right now. Okay. That, that number's a little off because things are generally worth more or less than, than you say they are in the books, but that's for another time. And I want to, I mean, I'm sure people, I'm just trying to make this as simple as possible. I'm sure people may know what liquidated means, but it's liquid, right? meaning it's the easiest form, like you can actually tangibly have it. So if you liquidate it, it means that you've sold all of your assets, you've collected all of your receivables. Um, you know, it's it's liquid form, it's cash, right? Pure, purely pure liquid is pure cash. Pure yes. liquid is pure cash. So and, you see, the measure of liquidity is how quickly it will exactly. become cash. Your your building is not going to become cash more than likely nearly as quickly as your accounts receivable. Exactly right. So. Um, 
And one, yeah, one you see a liquidation, a liquidation sale, everything must go. It's because right. they're trying You're to get turn it into cash. Right. Exactly. The, so just, the last thing about equity is uh, even people who are familiar with balance sheets and understand assets and liabilities, equity just kind of sits there. Uh, people don't really look at it or, or business owners don't really look at it. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, for what? You know, it doesn't help me operate my business. But bankers look at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and interested parties look at it. So it matters that- Investors. Right, investors. If you're going to sell. Right. Yeah. So let's go down. We have that last question, right? So mm-hmm. recapping, we've we, what, what was our first question? Well, uh, we have am five. I, am I making money? Am I making money? Right. And then the balance sheet answers, what do I own? What do I own? What's left over for me? What's left and, over me? And okay. the last question is, where did my cash go? And this is the most important one, right? It Honestly, I mean, I use the word most too many times because there can only <laughs> be one most, but people suffer more from cash management problems than they do from profitability problems and sales problems. They just do. Uh, I had a hedge fund exa- uh, manager one time say in my presence that if food and water were profit and sales, cash would be oxygen. Uh, you can live for a long time without making a profit uh, because money coming in and going out. and But right. you can't make it past Friday's payroll without cash. You have to have cash. And so it's, if, if you really, well, all three, all three statements are really important, but I, ranking them in importance, I would say the cash flow statement first, income statement second, and balance sheet third. Most people right. would not rank them that way, but I'm thinking of the contractors I work with who are concerned with day-to-day operations and trying to make money. That's the order. Cash first, profitability and income second, yeah. and then the balance sheet third. Well, I think that um, you, you've done a great job, and I, I know that I stopped you and tried to slow no, you down. No, that's good. I, I think that the point is just to simply understand, not to become an expert, but to right. understand what these things mean and understand their importance. And I mean, I know the amount of stress that you can have as a contractor is through the roof, and people just don't normally understand how, what they go through. But if you can get this down and understand your cash position from the statement of cash flows and begin to work at it, I know for a fact your stress level will go down. That's for any business owner, but for contractors especially, it will go down. Yeah, one thing, uh, statement of cash flows requires a little explanation, which we don't really need to go into right now. It's a little tedious, but it's absolutely worthwhile. And once, once you get it, 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 it's so simple, but it's not simple to get it. But, but people need to know these things. The, in my mind, if you make a profit, if you are making a profit and you don't have any money, there are only three possible reasons. The first one is you haven't been paid yet. We talked about that. You can make a profit because accounts receivable add to sales, but if you haven't been paid, they don't add to cash. That's the first reason. The yeah. second reason, if you make a profit, but you don't have any cash, it could be because you use the cash already to pay down debt or to buy assets, which do not affect profitability. And the third reason is you took it. Those are the only three ways it's possible to have cash. I mean, to make a profit and not have any cash. And this, in essence, uh, that's what this statement of cash flow tells you because there's a combination of all those things. Some things are positive and some are negative, but you can't just figure it out in your head, but it will show you exactly uh, where your cash went or where it's coming from. That's really good. So um, obviously this is very, we've tried to make this as simple as possible. It's probably, I think the most um, not embarrassing. I'm trying to think of the word, but one of the things as a business owner that you're just like, it's It's difficult to understand. It's overwhelming. And so you just put it on the back burner. Like, okay, I'm just going to, I can't grasp it. And so I just keep moving forward and doing whatever I'm doing. And I think, you know, if if that's you, you need to get, and we, I know Martin's done a short on this, but you need to get a trusted advisor. Um, And it, 
that might, yeah, if you have the money, that might mean that you're hiring a CFO, right? Or you're hiring a, a bookkeeper that's full time for you. But I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not doing that because I don't have the need for it that deeply in my business. Maybe a you CFO, do as a contractor. But you've got a bookkeeper, right? Exactly. And, you, and a that bookkeeper is a CPA. But they, <laughs> exactly. But also I'm renting that uh, that right. bookkeeper, if you will. I'm, I didn't hire her full time, but I am paying her a monthly fee. She takes care of it. We meet, a, I, I'm able to review things on a weekly basis if I'd like to, but I'm usually doing it every other week or monthly. And then I'm able to meet with her quarterly to review the past quarter and then to strategize to forecast for the next two quarters. And it's changed the way I look at my business. It's changed the way I make decisions and I'm still improving, but I am just telling you, you can do it and you need to just find somebody you can trust. And if you can't afford to hire them, just rent them. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so going back to your very first question is what's the first thing in admin? It's that. Yeah. Because if you don't know the score, you don't you don't know the score, and you don't know what to do. Yeah. And bookkeep bookkeeping is gives you the facts, uh, no matter how you feel about it, and that's the yeah. information you need. Yeah. And it's it's like what are the things that it allows you to know? Like once you do have all those done, it's more than I mean we've talked about a lot, but what is it in really clear terms? What does it allow you to know? Well. The five, the five questions, but we, we might just jump to the higher and better use is uh, proper books uh, enable you to understand your gross profit margins. Your gross yeah. profit margins enable you to calculate breakeven. In other words, to understand how much you have to sell to just pay all your expenses, no profit, no loss. And you say, well, why is that interesting or why do I care about that? Well, we, we can we don't have time for all the examples, but. Margins also enable you to make all kinds of decisions, pricing decisions, bidding decisions. Should I buy that piece of equipment decisions? Should I hire somebody? What should I pay a salesman? The every single decision in business has a break-even component in the calculations, mm -hmm. even subjective things like, I don't know if I want to hire him or her. Well, how much would him or her have to sell to pay their wages and by the way, I didn't hire them just to swap dollars. So make their wages plus make me $20,000 a month in gross profit. Well, right. uh, what? Well, do you know? No, I don't know. Business owners don't know. If right. or Most of them. If, if you ask them how much they have to sell to break even, they'll tell you their overhead expenses. And I can just categorically tell you that that's not the case. Uh, it's, it's a different number than that. It's usually significantly higher than that. Yeah. So if that kind of answered your question. Yeah, for sure. So um, there's a lot inside of the admin. We've covered bookkeeping today just a little bit. I know we can probably go deeper on each of the financial statements. Um, I'd love for you to do some shorts on those, Martin, and to have some Loom videos actually walking right. through like a statement of cash flows and how to read it yeah. and what decisions you can make theoretically maybe through looking at that one statement of cash flow. So Maybe we'll, we'll do that coming up. No, absolutely. That's kind of an important part of it. Yeah. So let's, let's just go back admin as a whole. We can jump into our Mount Rushmore segment. Sure. Cause, uh, we're going to go over admin tools today. And, um, I guess I'm supposed to give some sort of music for this. Do you remember which one it is? Um, I, I know I it sounds, but I know which one's which we got to write that down. Here you go. I think it's the ballpark. It's a joke that every time I do this, I'm going to act like I don't know which one it is. Maybe I'll even throw the wrong one. Makes me think about Yogi Berra, whom I heard told a joke today. He said, talking about a restaurant in New York, he said, Nobody's goes, nobody goes there anymore because it's too crowded. Anyway, that's got nothing to do with admin, but it does with baseball park themes. Okay. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> nobody goes okay. there anymore because it's too crowded. Oh, gotcha. Nobody's there, but because it's okay. too crowded. Okay. Khalil, okay. you're worrying me. I'm slow. I'm slow. <laughs> okay. Uh, Martin, give me your top four admin tools. Okay. Um, These are admin tools, but they concentrate on bookkeeping because that's what we concentrated on today. But for most small businesses, and I know there are people out there who are, who are bigger than this, uh, but you probably have a CFO if you are, but QuickBooks Online, um, QuickBooks, 
uh, there are a lot of software. Well, there are a lot of softwares out there that attempt to do something and they do accounting on the side. Don't use those uh, like your uh, dispatch software and stuff. Oh, we'll keep financials, QuickBooks online or something E-Wave or something that's fully accounting software that you that can produce right. real reports. Uh, second one is target margins for your bids. Um, we don't, we haven't explained that fully, but it's one of the most important things I see with contractors is, and I did a short on it called bidding with intent. Uh, a lot of contractors bid to get the job and hope they have enough money in it. Even if you do put something on top of your costs, so you do have something left over, you have to have a target margin so that you know what you're aiming for, not just to pay your bills, but also to make a target amount of profit. So a target margin for your bids, a good CBA, CPA, and by a good CPA, a lot of CPAs can do taxes. There are not nearly as many who can help you with managerial accounting, show you how to use your books to make uh, decisions about the future. So a good CPA. And then uh, first time I've mentioned it on here, but also I've written a book called The Profit Problem. They say I make money, so why don't I have any? And everything I will ever talk about on this uh, on this podcast as we go forward, if you're interested in how to really use bookkeeping information, how to recognize good books, and how to use the information to make business decisions, not how to keep books or compile reports, but how to use the information. That's what my book's about. So it's called The Profit Problem. They say I make money. Why don't I have any? And it Good will be stuff. available soon in the show notes, but it's yeah, not published yet. It's it's there's a lot to write in the book. If you want to be a beta reader, just look in the show notes. Yeah, if it's yeah. after if you listen yeah. after if you're listening after September 2020, yeah, you can you you buy the, the you'll buy the book through the show notes. Right. Um, yeah, a long time in the making. How long, Martin? Two years to write it because this stuff is complicated and trying to make it simple. Um, yeah, you chose one hell of a topic yeah, for, uh, but it's mo- for your it's first so, book. So important. 300 business clients and every single one of them has needed it and benefited from it. It's just so important. Well, and, and I will say I've have looking through like the, the initial manuscript and stuff for the book. Um, if you're intimidated by bookkeeping, by financial statements, this is the book that you want to look at because he gives such clear examples, great stories that make sense. And I'm not saying you're going to be an expert and you're going to be able to go take the CPA exam, but you're going to feel a lot more confident looking at a financial statement if right. you read the book. And it's not going to be something where you're just pouring over spreadsheets on the book. It's it's really clear, digestible information. So that's if, the, if you're interested in that, I recommend it. Thank you, sir. So... Um, my top four, Mount Rushmore. I'm also QuickBooks Online. Um, I mean, for invoicing, for payroll, for everything. Um, just makes it super simple on the cloud. Can use my app. Can do it on you know any computer. Can invite my CPA directly into it. We can both collaborate in there. Um, so it's super helpful for taxes, for bookkeeping, everything. Uh, QuickBooks Online, for sure. Second one. And I don't know that this works as well for, for contractors that, um, that don't have other software with it, but Stripe uh, allows you to do, you, you probably are going to need another software for billing, but it stores credit card information, ACH information, does automatic withdrawals. So, you know, what I've seen a lot of contractors do is take an initial deposit and then require that, you know, the rest of the the payment be done upon installation. They can just charge. They they mark it installed, charges the account, and so you're getting your money right away. Um, but it, it just makes receivables, you know, vanish. I mean, brings your receivables into your account, and so uh, we we use Stripe for our, our billing, uh, for all of our recurring billing specifically, but we use it for other billing too, and it it's uh, it's really great. Um, G suite, man, there's so much admin stuff that we have to take care of. Um, you know, just keeping, you know, employees tax forms organized and so many different things, but G suite just allows us to have everything in one spot. It makes it really simple. Um, 
you know, everybody's email can be managed through there, calendar managed through there, documents managed through there. I really don't know what we would do as a company without G Suite. I would probably have even more of a nightmare. And so if you're if you're tired of emailing back back and forth spreadsheets and Word documents and trying to find those tax forms and whatever it is, move to G Suite and it'll be really clear where everything is. And then my last one's finding a bookkeeper. I mean, I could probably sit there and categorize all my transactions, but I probably wouldn't be able to focus as much on growing the business. Um, and so just having someone um, work on that every every week for me is incredible and uh, makes makes everything else possible to have my statements, uh, my financial statements. So those are my top four. If I have to give a George Washington for myself, I'm going to say QuickBooks. Um, I, I just have to. Yeah. Well, I got to go with my book, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You have to. I think that's, I think that's the George <laughs> Washington, the copy to 2D copy. It's the, it's the one above all <laughs> have to self-serving, but also I wrote it for a purpose. There you go. So I think it's uh, time for the quote of the day. I think we got a sound for that too. Let's see here. There we okay. go. Boom. So what's our quote, Martin? Well, I got two of them because I couldn't decide. But people who are feeling bad about not having good books should take comfort in the fact that it's been that way for about 800 years. Um, 200 years after they were formed, a guy named Luca Pacioli, 1494 in Venice, Italy, is the guy who wrote out the rules of bookkeeping. And we, double entry bookkeeping. Double entry bookkeeping. And they're unchanged today. The computers do it instead of Bob Cratchit, you know, um, yeah. sitting posting. But uh, he said, meaning he being Luca Pacioli in his book written in 1495, said, if there is not a good bookkeeper in your business, you will go on groping like a blind man. So if you're, I think you said it right at the beginning. You're not alone if this stuff drives you crazy. Alone. It's been that way yeah. forever. And the second one was a quote I heard, and I don't even know the guy's name who said it, but I heard him say it. He said, if the books are a mess, so is everything else. And that's a little bit harsh because you might still be a pretty good contractor, but if your books are a mess, there's a really good chance everything else is a mess too. And that's yeah, another absolutely. reason why we start there. Well, and, and, and I think that's the thing. If it's, I think in general, not just bookkeeping, but business in general, if it's in your head, yeah, it's a mess. You're dead. And not be, and maybe, maybe it's, it makes sense to you, but it's not about you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's literally everybody else. Can they understand it? And if it's all in your head, probably not. Right. Um, so I did want to mention, and I think you say this in your book a little bit, but with that Luca Pacioli, can't they trace um, the destruction of every empire or oh yeah, there, there's uh, a, monarchy or whatever based book, on uh, when they stopped double entry bookkeeping? Yeah, there's a book by Jacob Saul, S-O-L-L. It's really good if you like this stuff. It's how big a nerd I am, but it's really fascinating. It's called The Reckoning, and he traces um, the rise and fall of nations according to whether or not they kept double entry bookkeeping, starting with Venice, then moving to Holland, then uh, moving to Florence, Italy and the Medicis, then moving to, and I might have these out of order, but then moving to France, Louis the 16th. And then finally the United States where double entry bookkeeping reporting is part of our constitution. And why would we say rise and fall? If you got double entry books and it's working, why wouldn't you keep doing it? Well, you don't have to look too long. The governments didn't want people knowing where the money was going. So they said, we're not keeping good books anymore. And then subsequently <laughs> it might take a hundred years. The, the country collapses. But that book by Jacob Saul called the reckoning is just fascinating. Probably a little too in depth for the average person who's not into financial. Statements. No, no, you don't it's think so. Not, okay. No, no, it, there are no spreadsheets in there. It's just history, but it is, it is fascinating. Yeah. It's like sewers and chlorine in water. Okay. <laughs> we take them for granted, but if we didn't have yeah. either one of them, there'd be 10,000 people in the world, right? Well, if we didn't sure. have double entry bookkeeping, if banks didn't keep books by double entry bookkeeping, this would be chaos. Yeah. And we'd all be carrying guns. Maybe we are anyway, but 
We'd be carrying guns and fighting <laughs> out each other and robbing each other on the corner. Bookkeeping keeps it all together. So anyway, I'm on my my high horse. Yeah. I'll get off. Well, I mean, tell I mean, you started off with a story. You started off with telling us about contractor yeah. who literally was just out of sorts with how much they were dealing with and they weren't keeping good books. They weren't doing admin properly. They were trying to do it all themselves. And then they started working with you and you got their books in order. Right. What were you guys able to do from there? Well, I didn't get his books in order. I caused him well, to spend the money to hire an account. Well, <laughs> yeah, the cause is greater than the effect maybe. No, I don't know. No, he, I, I helped him find an accountant who put in the time and it was money and months but we finally got his books in order and we saw what his margins were, saw how much he had to sell to break even and make money, raised his prices, quit doing cheap work, uh, completely rethought everything he's done, uh, makes his equipment purchases based on how they affect his margins and so on. The net result is it'd been a little over two years. He made more money in the first quarter of this year than he made in the entire two years prior to that. And he is happy. He's thrilled. He talks about margins. He has the courage of his convictions. Uh, when people underbid him, he said, fine, not doing it. Uh, yeah. It's just added all sorts of discipline. And uh, they're, they're thriving, even, in, in the, even through COVID, which did affect his business. They're thriving. They, he, he likes going to work. He doesn't dread things. Mm. I mean, it's been transformative. That's great. That's great. Oh, I have to tell you, too. Uh, they had good books for the first time in a long time, put them with a good accountant. And yeah. so we're all dreading, oh, I'm going to have to pay these taxes. And, and instead the accountant found errors in the other accountants work and they got back uh, five figures. Whoa. They got back. Yeah. They got taxes. cash back. And wow. they said, wow, I always liked accountants. <laughs> and it was all straight up legit too. I mean, it wasn't any writing off the furniture yeah. in the house kind of stuff. Gotcha. So makes That's a great. difference. They had good books. That's great. Well, um, I know that this is a really blurry area of business, but we will always try to, you know, rather than be so so broad, we'll go a little bit more granular in our deep dives so that we can really get somewhere and make it really clear. Um, but excited to have these four areas of business mapped out, to have talked about them in a little bit of depth each individually. And moving forward, all of our deep dives are going to talk about something in one of the one of the functions inside of these areas, and really go deep into them inside the and, four areas. Yeah, yeah, inside of any of the four areas. So, um, really excited for that. But we can't finish without um, intern insights with Ethan. Um, Ethan, you feeling uh, feeling up for the task today? I am. Ready did you to get go. Did you get any insights? I got a lot of insights. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Well, let's uh, cue the music. Let's see here. Might be a little too loud. Can you guys hear I, I, that? I want that to be my theme. Music. Hear it. All right. You got yeah, 60 good. seconds, Ethan. All righty. Go for it. Administering the business are the things that people don't think about when starting a business. Uh, the administration will consume more time, effort, and concentration than what you actually do. Uh, but you're not alone. You don't have to do everything on your own, and you shouldn't. Uh, and we moved on to bookkeeping. Bookkeeping tells you the score and helps you uh, make future decisions. Uh, bookkeeping informs you on all the other four areas of business. Uh, saying, I think I can do it is a gut feeling. Uh, you should not use that to get you so far to your vision. Uh, good books means you don't have to use your gut. Uh, understand your financial statements. Big statements are not a substitute for the bookkeeper. Get a good bookkeeper that you can trust. Liquidity is how fast an asset can be turned into cash. Uh, proper books enable you to understand your growth, profit, margins, and break-even points, which allow you to make all kinds of decisions about costs and expenses. And lastly, let others do the things that you're weak at and stick to your strength. Time. Good stuff. Hey, that was pretty good, Ethan. You you actually pay attention, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Well, appreciate it, Ethan. I think it's a good wow. recap. Um, really links to stuff in the show notes. I'm going to give a shout out to Jenny Meyer because uh, she works really hard at those show notes. So if you ever are looking at our show notes when you're like, wow, this is uh, 
this is in depth, then, uh, yeah, shout out to Jenny for doing that. Uh, Martin, appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Yeah, you too. Uh, KB. We'll see you at the next one. Thanks for asking insightful questions because I gloss over I'm trying. And uh, I'm it's trying. really helpful. Okay. All right. You guys have a good one. Okay. Hasta luego. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com. What's up, Cashflow Contractors? Khalil here. Thank you so much for getting to the end of this episode. It means the world to us that you're listening. Uh, I've got a favor to ask. So we are looking for contractors who would like to have a consult, a free consult with myself and with Martin um, for about 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, We'll basically just ask you questions about your business, about what it's like for you to work as a contractor, and then we will answer any of your questions specific to your business. Then we'll make that a live episode for other contractors to learn from, to engage with. Uh, And we think it's a great way for people to really see clear, uh, specific answers to problems that contractors have. So if that interests you at all, we're not going to share any of your information. Um, You don't even need to say your name on the episode. But I think we want to get some more of these episodes out there. And if you're willing to do that, we've got a link in the show notes that allows you to just submit a form for a consult, then we'll schedule it with you and record it, and we'll put you live on on, uh, the podcast. So if that interests you, please check it out in the show notes. If not, no worries. Or if you know someone else that you think would be interested in it, send it to them. That'd be great. But appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, we hope that you're finding less stress, more time, and more money. Thanks.